What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm bringing that spookiness of Halloween in because today I want to focus on our friends down there in southern Wisconsin, the boys up at Spooky Pinball, because when I looked at the news starting this week and really what's been popping off over the weekend, boom, there Spooky is, and no surprise. I mean, in the current landscape of things in the world of pinball, as we're looking at new machines and what's up next, these boys are on deck. They've got the only one that's announced and actually is entering production, and that's what the news brings us to. So there was a posting that kind of went around the horn there on Facebook. Uh, check it out, Nap Arcade. He's got photos of it. They have posted and released photos of production of Spooky's next game, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, of which I'm very excited for this new wide body based on a classic arcade theme, man. This is right in these guys' wheelhouse, so... Looking at the photos, the first thing they dropped is about 20 to 30 machine cabinets that are put together with back boxes, and a third of them have the toppers on even. Um, They're all on the carts waiting for their boards and everything. And then going through the photos, they're sharing photos that the boards are being made, um, the the play fields are being populated, uh, the girls are cranking out the graphics. This thing is like really entering into production. I mean, that's... Not surprising. I mean, it's exactly what they told us. They'd come back from the winter break holiday, and boom, they'd hit right into it. So I just want to cover this company, okay? Um, like I said, new to all of this. And so, you know, as I'm diving into the world of, wow, there's pinball events and tournaments and conventions and things, I'm starting to learn about the companies. And Stern I've been familiar with and Gottlieb from back in the day, Bally Midway with things like Whitewater. And then it came across what Rick and Morty, this contemporary theme, which looked fantastic to me. I mean, this is the kind of thing that I would totally be vibing with, right? And so by that time, you know, thing was already sold out. But I knew, learned about the company. And so uh, in researching and seeing more, um, I started looking at the games that they produced and kind of where they started. There's actually a documentary uh, I found on YouTube from the early days of this company. Um, Basically, it's a guy who was into pinball with his family. They had been kind of hobbying, shopping machines around. And then uh, he was from the uh, printing background, you know, like large format printing, it looks like. And so in his town in southern Wisconsin, there was a business incubator, basically a program where uh, there's a, a suite of rooms and some uh, infrastructure that you can use to get a small business kind of up off the ground. And so in that small business, he put together a pinball machine and made it commercially available, something called America's Most Haunted. And so I believe it's only about 150 of these that were made. They did sell out. And then from there, they went on to go ahead and make their successive games. So when I was learning about this company, um, you know, I, I sought out a Rick and Morty. I was able to find one fairly easily. I saw they were working on Halloween, but I started looking through their back catalog, and I'm seeing things like, whoa, what's this, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle? Are you kidding me? Like, what, <laughs> what a neat theme that is. Um, you know, for this classic rocker that uh, kind of from my dad's age, but I became aware of them, you know, like most people my age, 90s kids from Wayne's World, right? Um, I did go to a haunted house in Arizona in the Phoenix region, that was uh, sponsored or, you know, otherwise involved Alice Cooper. So, I mean, that was cool. And when I looked at the play film, got to see pictures of this thing. I mean, it looks like, um, you know, like some spooky kind of Castle Grayskull castle game almost. You know, it's got this big upper play field, a lot of ramps. There's a guillotine that drops the ball. I was able to play this out in Pennsylvania, one of those large brute brew pub places um yeah and so that was a lot of fun so i was like well let me find out what other games they've made and see if i can track them down and the one uh that was a little bit hard was their first one because again there was only 150 of them made i did happen to track one down when i was out of town at work um i had to fly out of detroit 
and I had about an hour. And so, you know, after I got a buddy's pizza, Detroit style, what up? Shout out. Um, I did go and kill an hour at this mall in this town called uh, Monroe, Michigan, where they had this little arcade in this mall, which I'll speak about in a bit. But they had an America's Most Haunted there. And so I had seen one once before, and that was after Texas Pinball Festival at another kind of pay-one-price arcade, but it was out of order, so I got to see it, but I couldn't play it. So, um, you know, understandable, these things do break or, you know, require resets. Maybe it was a you know, stuck bumper or something. But I did finally get to play in America's Most Haunted, and, you know, going in, I knew this was the first game from the first manufacturer, or from our manufacturer's first game he made, so... I mean, I didn't expect, um, you know, something completely polished, but I was, I was honestly pretty surprised with how well it played and, and the variety of what was in it, especially for somebody's first game. I mean, it's miles better than what my first game would have been for sure. And so just kind of reviewing this play field, I mean, the whole premise is that this is one of those paranormal investigative shows. It's non-licensed, but it borrows heavily, you know, from that sort of format, obviously a parody, um, you know, but it's got a, a little magnet ghost figure that's prominently featured in the play field. I believe there's some drop targets you can knock down, and then you can go in there and he grabs balls. Um, there's a swinging door mech that opens and closes, almost like it's a basement or a cellar. I don't remember which, but it leads to a VUC once it is opened, and then we'll throw it up onto one of the two wire form ramps. Um, pretty cool for right off the bat. I mean, this guy's got a, uh, a freaking jump ramp, right? So it's it's got that Deadpool design where... Um, you know, starts down on the play field, uh, makes a left turn, and then shoots up a ramp. Only this is, uh, you know, going up a what is, looks like a themed staircase. Then there's a jump, and then it kind of comes around the corner and uh, feeds that upper wire form on the left. And on the right, there's another ramp that has a quick turn at the top and to another wire form to return to the right flipper. But it's got this crazy, like, elevator dumbwaiter mech, like, halfway through it, like at the top of the ramp, where, where or top the incline of the ramp. Where when it's ready to lock a ball, this dumbwaiter kind of thing elevates up, and then you can shoot the ball in there, it captures it, and takes it down below deck. So, I mean, that was cool, right? So, I got to play that. Um, I did get to play Alice Cooper. Um, I still haven't tracked down a Rob Zombie yet. Um, that play field looks a little more bare just from the pictures that I've seen, but I haven't got to play it. I would like to play it at some point. Man, Alice Cooper... Uh, is sitting on my list of games I, I think I would like to own at some point just to get some real time on it. You know, should I come across uh, an interesting one? Um, but what was great about this company, you know, the family owned, they started down there. I mean, they're in my home state here now of Wisconsin, or at least my adopted home state. But they went ahead and they made games with licenses fairly right off the bat after their first one. I mean, they made a Jetsons game. I just recently got to play that uh, up here in central Wisconsin. There's just a random pizza place that happened to have a Jetsons. Now, Jetsons wasn't, I don't believe, their design. I think it was designed by some other company, some called the pinball company, maybe, if I'm remembering correctly. And then there was a contract build for them, so I'm sure they were happy for the work. Um, fairly uh, straightforward game. I mean, not a lot of depth that I could find. Um, fun enough, Um you know, if they were to revisit this theme, like what they're doing with Scooby-Doo, I mean, you could see um, what a great leap <laughs> the Scooby-Doo design is over Jetsons, if you go look at pictures of that. There was another, I think it was a contract game they did with Domino's Pizza, which that's just fantastic, you know. That's an off-the-wall theme I wouldn't have expected to see. Um, and then, of course, you know, we've got uh, Ultraman Halloween, they just dropped, Scooby's coming, 
um, wide body. I've talked about it before. I'm excited about it. Um, just giddy, you know, based on the, uh, the old episodes, this is the original series. There's five wire forms. You all know how I feel about those. Got that big upper play field, man. Captain Culver going nuts up there. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, moving over to this, uh, arcade. I want to do an arcade location spotlight now. Um, for this place I found in Michigan. And of course, you know, I was waiting for a flight. I was looking for a place to go and I happened to find this mall shop. So, um, you know, it popped up. I'm like, does this, is this like a real place? It was called ULEK, U-L-E-K. Um, and that didn't make any sense to me. When I found this place, it was basically an open storefront in the mall, just full of pinball games and some classic arcade machines. And it was even spilling out a bit into the, the midway, the open area there with, with some more games. Um, I found out that this company apparently is called Unique Laser Engraving and Keepsakes, U-L-E-K, and I think they're based off-site, but among the, the many products that they make, they do a lot of laser engraving, it looks like. They also make a lot of pinball mods, and they actually look super cool when I was flipping through there. Um, and then they also own machines. They run tournaments. This place at the, the, the Mall of Monroe in Monroe, Michigan, a place I never would have known about was it not for that pinball app. It happened, to, well, happened across this place. So, opening up my app, I mean, this, these guys are loaded with games. Um, whenever I see these, I'm kind of like, well, you know, has this been updated? Does this really reflect what they have? And, in fact, it did. I mean, they had America's Most Haunted. So, I mean, that's what put it on my, my map to go check this place out. Um, they have a Pro Infinity Quest. They had a Batman 66, and it's a premium version. And kind of for the first time when this game actually had a decent play on it, you know, it hadn't really... Um, for whatever reason, uh, really impressed me that a couple of times I played it was okay, but nothing I'd really run back to, but I had a solid play on there and I was starting to kind of vibe with it a bit. Same with, um, Ultraman that they had too. I had a fairly decent game on Ultraman. Possibly that's because I now have a lot of experience on Halloween owning that at home and the layout is the same. Um, but I was starting to feel some love for Ultraman and, and I do think, um, you know, it's not reflected in the price. But, you know, it's fun, and it's a, it would be a, a good score for you if you're looking for a brand-new game with great art for a kind of a more affordable price right now based on that old pinball market. Uh, what else they have? Uh, Cactus Canyon Remake, Deadpool Pull, Fishtails, Flash, Funhouse, Future Spa. What a weird game that is. Um, Godzilla Pro. I know they had a rush there, Iron Maiden Pro. Um, just, just a ton of games. Um, way more than I would have expected from this mall that uh, from the outset looks fairly economically depressed, you know, like it probably was a pretty burgeoning mall like most at one point. And then you know, it seemed about half full when I was walking around in there. Um, so, of course, you know, first thing I do is bail out of the car, go in there to see is this a place that actually exists because there's not really much signage from the outside. And sure enough, there's like 30 pinball machines at this mall, uh, <laughs> along with some hobby shops and a bunch of closed storefronts. Um, I was able to run over to the local... Uh, what do you call it? Place where you used to pay money to watch movies. A movie theater. Remember those things? So they had an ATM. I got my 20 bucks out of there. Um, popped into a comic book shop to buy something little for my daughter at home. So I had some cash for the change machine at ULEC. And then, you know, I spent about 30 minutes there. Played about five or six games, including a couple games on America's Most Haunted. It was me and one other dude. Um, the other guy was just kind of glued to Rush. Um, I wanted to I wanted to play it, but I didn't want to wait. So I played everything else. Even uh, there was a Batman Forever that was kind of out in the main walkway. <laughs> so cool place. You're killing time before a flight. It's less than an hour to the airport. Um, it does exist. Uh, bring some cash. They do have a change machine. There is an ATM at the movie theater if you want to you know, buy yourself a $5 box of Butterfingers and pay $3.50 to get $20 bucks out. can totally do that. Um, the comic book store, fairly legit. 
uh, about the kid, one of those um, squishmallow plushy things that that the kids dig. It was on clearance, um, so that worked out for me. All right, moving on. Another thing, I was trying to introduce a new segment to this, and something, I don't have a name for it, but basically it's pinball stories from the past, uh, or my past, uh, or uh, you know, some kind of personal connection and story. And so one thing that I wanted to talk about was taking you back to around 1999, um, just barely 20 years old, um, going to the junior college, doing some prereqs for an x-ray uh, tech program, and I'm delivering pizzas for roundtable pizza in the evenings. Um, this is a fairly good pizza place chain in California. Um, they're available other locations as well. Now this is in the Northern California town of Santa Rosa, Sonoma County, one Valley over from the Napa Valley. And so, uh, you know, right by this mall, uh, there was this round table pizza place. They make good pizza. It's thin crust, kind of California style, uh, docking. If you know what that means, uh, makes the crust kind of really thin, but doesn't bubble up. Um, and good toppings. And so for me, you know, if I'm going to work for minimum wage, try to work my way through uh, junior college, I figured at least I can get a job where the food is free. So uh, by a pro tip, that saves you a lot in your monthly budget. Um, so actually met my wife uh, there. She was working the counter when I came in to ask for a uh, application. So and then I just pestered her until she agreed to hang out with me. So, you know, good ups for perseverance. Now in that same parking lot, for this pizza place, there was this diner it had some name like Sam's or Bill's diner or whatever. It was basically a food counter, couple of booths, um, but they had two pinball machines. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the one was, but the other one, the one that I played all the time was uh, Elvira and the party monsters. So, um, you know, working at this, uh, Fairly grueling job, slanging pizzas all over town. When I would get a break, myself and my at that time girlfriend, you know, we just reached a point where we had our fill of pizza. And so we could at least go over, grab a grilled cheese sandwich, some fries, and throw some quarters in a pinball machine. And so Elvira was the one that was over there. Um, so this was the, the first of the three Elvira games, um, from what I could find Elvira and the party monsters. The second one being Elvira scared stiff with that big snake bone ramp. And then, of course, Elvira's House of Horrors, the new, um, the new charming game from Stern that's, you know, back ordered all the heck. Um, but Avira was great. Bally Williams. So it had that, um, not a, it was before the dot matrix display. It just had that, uh, kind of eight character, um, not LCD fiber optic. I don't know. You kind of like clock radio numbers. That's what it had. And so it had some quick little animations it would play, but I dug the music. The theme was very campy. It's Elvira. She's, you know, I don't know, at some kind of cookout or something with the classic movie monsters, which are, um, public domain, which makes it easy. Um, and it was just a great game to play around with. There was a pretty fast orbit. There's this giant ramp on the left side that feeds one of those really cool Bally Williams era plastic ramps that just kind of turns and twicks all over the place. Um, kind of like with, uh, with Whitewater, you know. I kind of find out this was designed by this uh, Dennis Nordman guy, a name that I've been hearing in some of the other podcasts and news sites because he is developing something with American Pinball. One of two things. Either it's this new Galactic Tank Space Megaforce game that keeps getting rumored, uh, which apparently is uh, a brand new ground-up idea that he had. Um, the other one was a sequel to Whitewater, which, I mean... At this point, Whitewater's a license to me. I mean, I know that theme. That was a game I always enjoyed, um, you know, classically playing the arcades in my childhood. I would love to see a sequel to that. And it had those cool plastic ramps, so it totally fits. I mean, uh, this ramp um, in Elvira uh, looks like you could put that out and, and stick it in Whitewater, and it wouldn't look out of place. So 
fun game, cool sounds. It's got those two party monsters that pop up and down in the background. And most of the games that I saw, uh, they actually had those little rubber finger puppets <laughs> stuck on there, like the ones that you would win uh, for tickets to Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. And so I always used to think, like, you know, was that just the dude that owned the machine needed something to put on there and he put those on there? Or were those, like, production finger puppets? Um, so to date, I believe it's the only game that probably has production finger puppets. Um, does every game have the same finger puppets? Um, were people putting other things on there? Um, who knows? Um, but this is a game that we used to play um, quite a bit when we'd have time. Uh, now, sadly, Bill's or Sam's or whatever the place is called um, is gone. It's a check cashing place now. Uh, my round table pizza, that medieval themed pizza chain restaurant that had that theming indoor of like being outdoor um, has been completely redone and just looks like, you know, you're walking into a modern Domino's or something now. So, you know, the vibe that we had there was just a product of its moment. It was turn of the century. I was 20 years old going, I became 21 there. Um, and it was just a, a game from a certain time, you know. When I'm, I'm grinding through uh, classes at the junior college, I didn't have a car. I used my skateboard to get around town. It was back when um, mall security existed, not to ensure that people weren't stealing things out of your car, not to make sure that single women felt safe when they were walking you know, back to their car with their purses, but strictly to chase uh, teenagers down on their skateboards and call the police on them. Um, this was heavily in the skateboarding is not a crime days. And for me, you know, between where I was staying and pizza and school was this giant mall, Cottingtown Center. Um, you know, the mall, like any other, big paved parking lot, you know, circumferentially navigating the entire place, several, uh, you know, uh, big box store, uh, what do you call them? Not, not chains, but uh, the locations that like lock down the, the mall. Anyway, so uh, the quickest way was straight across the parking lot. And so you had to be strategic. Uh, the roving security, they had their little vans with the lights on them. And uh, you could, you know, if they started to gain on you, what you could do is go down a long row of cars and then about halfway through just slip through the cars to the next lane and then, and then double back. And they wouldn't be able to turn around. They'd be left to, you know, try to drive to the end of the row, flip around to try to get you. And by then I'm five rows down. Maybe I'm back on the sidewalk and I'm back to safety, right? But man, what a time. Like, um, if I would have had a bicycle, right? I just rode my bicycle through the parking lot, would have been zero problems at all. It was strictly the fact, I mean, I could have been walking, it would have been fine. I could have skipped, I could have galloped, I could have done cartwheels through the parking lot, no issues at all. But because I was on a skateboard, I was targeted, I was a criminal at that point. Um, you know, I was subject to, you know, injunctions and trespassing and things. And I'm like, literally, barely out of my teen years. And just on a skateboard because I can't afford a car, you know, and, and, and bro's got a, uh, a plan to run me down. Luckily, times have moved on. And now not only are, you know, are skateboarders um, not criminals, but, you know, actually embraced by the community. Parks are being built. You know, it's recognized as the activity for children that it is and young adults. Um, you know, at this point, there would have been, you know, a skate park or security would have been there to protect me and make sure I have a free place to skate. But, and those days... Uh, dude, I've had um, I've had security people like, grab my board and throw it in the back of their truck and try to drive away. And then, you know, here I am, like 17 years old, jumping in the back of a moving truck, trying to get my skateboard back out. I mean, it was wild, wild times, wild time and place. It definitely can't go back to that time. That time's moved on. The mall's been remodeled. Uh, the anchor chain stores have changed. Bills is dead. Roundtable's been rerouted. But when I play Elvira and the Party Monsters, and I hear that boogie down music, and I hear that end of ball drain, um, you know, adding up your score music. I mean, I'm I'm right back there. I could smell the French fries even. 
Um, how did I deliver pizzas on a skateboard? Well, they gave me a company car to use while I was there. So, um, you know, shout out to Roundtable. They always made sure I had cash in my pocket from tips. Uh, they always made sure my belly was full of pepperoni pizza. And so the rest of my money went to renting a room and trying to keep my skateboard working. All right. I'm glad I was able to share some story time. Um, what else was I wanted to cover? I believe that's about it. Uh, mentioned my Nord man. We got that location spotlight with you. Like shout out to them. Uh, anything else we need to do? That's right. Just hit that sweet outro music. I hope I made your Monday commute a little bit better. Uh, shout out. Throw me an email at Don's Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. Go to the Facebook page for Don's Pinball Podcast. There's a link to the Discord. You can engage with me right there. Drop me some ideas. What do you guys want to hear? What do you guys not want to hear? Hit me up. 